welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey. And I'm Matt. Welcome into today's fantastic episode, everybody. Matt, I have a song for you right now. Oh, oh, yes, please. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. Hey, Mickey. No, no, not, not working. Uh, I'll keep you, I, I was waiting for you to keep going. I was enjoying that. Okay. I was, I was, uh, you couldn't see probably, it, It'll probably end up being our intro song is all I got to say. But uh, we are talking about something very special, something that's very fun among the Disney, Disney fan base. And that is the Hidden Mickey. Right. A Hidden Mickey is a representation of Mickey Mouse that has been inserted subtly into the design of a ride, attraction, or other location in a Disney theme park. Disney property is an animated film, feature-length movie, TV series, or other Disney product. I think the key word in there is subtlety. That it's it's yeah. subtle. Yeah, I, I think you're I think you're right. So we have brought on a special guest, somebody who I have known uh, for a good portion of my life uh, for going on almost 12 years now, uh, Miss Tanja Sin. So I met Tanja way back in 2009 uh, when we were both working for a large retailer. We were both becoming assistant store managers and we met down in Plano, Texas of all places. And we have remained social media friends ever since. And we both share a passion for the mouse. And so when we put a call out for, does anybody have anything fun and interesting with Hidden Mickeys? She's like, I love Hidden Mickeys, but you also have a pretty awesome distinction, Tanja, of being somebody who has traveled to all of the Disney theme parks around the world. And so I think just get started, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into Disney. And then maybe we'll spend a little bit of time on the parks for a couple of minutes before we get into Hidden Mickeys. Oh, how did I get into Disney? How can you not get into the mouse? I mean, (laughs) you know, he just brings such happiness to everybody. And I still remember back when, I'm not going to say how old I am now, but back when I was about 11 or 12 going to Disney World for the first time and just sat there going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And that first thrill I still get that thrill every time I go to a park, but you never forget that first thrill when you go to Mickey the first time and you're hooked. I mean, how can someone not be hooked? I just, I never have understood that. And um, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it absolutely. I mean, Matt, you and I've talked about just our experiences. You obviously started a lot earlier than I did. Um, I, I came to Disney much later. 2010 was my first time. But Tanja, you're 100% right. That first interaction, it, it, literally, it's like the mouse bites you and you're, you're hooked. And it, it's absolutely amazing. So, 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 you're, so your kind of foray into Disney and, and the Dis nerdum, if you will, was basically when you first experienced the park is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Uh, well... I, I have to retro on that. Um, I still remember watching the reruns of the original Mickey Mouse Club with Annette Funicello okay. and all of them. And that was the first time I encountered the mouse, was watching the original Mickey Mouse Club reruns. That's cool. So, so I, I, one of the things I'm really excited to talk to you about is the fact that you have been I didn't realize it was all all the parks around the world. I knew it was a lot of the Asian parks, but you've been everywhere. So 
so it sounds like Walt Disney World was your first park. Uh, kind of give us a little bit of like the order of that you you've gone in these parks. Uh, Walt Disney World first, Disneyland California second, Disneyland Paris next, then um, Hong Kong Disney, then Tokyo Disney, then Shanghai Disney. Outstanding! That's amazing. Do you have a Particular favorite, favorite <laughs> was gonna, part. Favorite question is, is: Was there one that like, stood out to you as your favorite? My, my favorite that if I never could go to another Disney park again, except for one, would be Shanghai. Really? That's the newest, of course, that they built. It, and it's the biggest. It is yeah. amazing. You know, the, my opinion is that Shanghai Disney went back to what Walt Disney wanted the park to be. Okay. The feel of it, the, the the cast members, the vibe, for lack of a better way of putting it, everything is in Shanghai. So what ride that is in an international park that is not in a domestic park, do you uh, either, I, I guess, I don't want to say like wish would come domestically, but like was your favorite um, that, that you can't do here? Um. My very, very, very favorite ride at Shanghai is the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, you said not domestically, but they do it completely different than domestic. It is all a 4D immersive. I've watched so yeah, many I've ride heard, videos I've of heard, that. It's yeah, so I've wonderful. Heard some amazing, I get, yeah, I've heard some amazing. Yeah, I get off, I get back on. I get off, I get back on. <laughs> and um, it is just, like, amazing. And then Tron which is coming um, is in Shanghai. It's, it's awesome. And then there's mystic manor in Hong Kong. That is not, not domestic. That's another one that I've, I've watched. Here's what I do with my time listeners. I watch ride through (laughs) videos when I can't go to theme parks. Um, (laughs) um, That's another one that I've seen. Um, um, uh, a lot of ride-through videos, and to call out uh, something in a previous episode, our Joe Rody episode, uh, the guy who owns Mystic Manor is in uh, the, the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. So, Ooh. just saying, yeah. just saying. Let me let me ask you this real quick, uh-huh. uh, Tanja. One of the questions I've always wondered, you know, and I, I don't want to call it a concern, but it's definitely a kind of a question that comes up when you go to an international park. You obviously are dealing with a um, a potential communication problem, right? Because mm-hmm. in the, the domestic parks, you've got, you know, English is as kind of the primary language and, and, you know, all the signages in English and all the cast members speak English. One of the concerns you might have by going to an international park is, you know, if you go over to, to Shanghai, you know, it might be Mandarin. If you go over to Tokyo, they're you know, speaking Japanese. Is there, how, how do they bridge that gap? Like I know you speak, we, we talked before we started recording, you speak eight different languages, which is awesome. <laughs> but how, how somebody who doesn't speak eight different languages, are they going to fare okay in those situations? Um, Disney does a wonderful job of having people that speak all different languages as part of the cast members. And okay. um, they make sure that they, on their badges, or they have pins as well that show what languages they speak. And okay. every ride... Um, we'll have one of the um, leads who does speak English in all three parks that are over there. 
in Tokyo, Shanghai, and Hong Kong. And um, it, if I've ever found someone that does not speak English, they very politely ask me to hold on. They go to, they have some type of a reference and they will get someone that speaks English immediately over there. Wow, um, that's awesome. But all signage is in English. And of course they have the uh, maps are in English. And, um, but then when you go to some of the, the rides, all the explanations are not in English. That would be the only thing that someone who's not, a, not comfortable hearing other languages would encounter is that some of the rides are only in whatever the native language is as far as the descriptions. But I can tell you right now in like in watching the ride throughs of like, let's take the parts of the Caribbean for the ride, for example, it does not take away from the experience that I don't know what they're saying. It, it doesn't. <laughs> to me, I mean, I I am honestly, when I'm going, say, on the Pirates of the Caribbean, I am not there to listen to them talk. I'm there to <laughs> watch with my eyes, be immersed in it, and just sit there and, I mean, drool. I mean, essentially, on the Pirates of the Caribbean in Shanghai, I do nothing but drool the whole time. And frankly put too, like when you go to like Pirates of the Caribbean and Walt Disney World, the number of times that they say Captain Jack Sparrow actually gets a little annoying anyway. So it's like, you know, you want it, you're there for the, you're there for the visuals, you're there for the experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. That's awesome. And one thing, and, and since you, Matt, since you, you know, watch everything all the time, you've probably seen it, but in Shanghai, they have a live action Pirates of the Caribbean show. I have oh, not wow. seen this. Oh, yes. what am I it, doing tonight after this recording? <laughs> it, <laughs> it is so cool because you start in a gathering area, sort of like you do, say, at Haunted Mansions and all that. You know, go go to a central place. And um, you gather there, and there are some of the actors that come out and do different things that, start, that pump you up for the show. And then you go in, and you sit, and there's a whole play what however you would want to call it live action that will take place on a stage in front of you a very large stage but they also come down through the aisles they swing over you there's special effects jack sparrow is in it he comes flying across on a rope and um lucky people um get coins from the pirates and the luckiest gets one from jack sparrow Wow. Um, for, during the show, and yes, I have to raise the roof. I do have um, one from Jack Sparrow and one from one of the other pirates. That's wow. awesome. It, it, it helps. It helps <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, it helps sometimes to say if there's you know a hundred people in there, and if you're at say Shanghai, I'm talking about Shanghai. Hundred of there's a hundred people, and ninety nine of them are Chinese nationals, and you aren't. You sort yeah. you sort of stand you sort of stand out. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. But it is it is so cool. Let me ask the flip side mm -hmm. of the question that okay. I asked earlier, which is is there an attraction that is done domestically that is in one of the international parks that's better domestically versus internationally? Hmm. Or are we just missing out on all the fun? <laughs> you're you're missing out on a whole lot of fun. Um, right, let me, let me right. think, you know, I, I, I'm a huge Haunted Mansion girl and yeah. to compare them everywhere. Um, the, the one in at Walt Disney world is probably the best, but okay. the thing with say Disneyland Paris and Tokyo is they add in some, uh, cultural components 
mm-hmm. which are pretty cool additions. It just enhances. That's awesome. That that's awesome. I uh, yeah, that's cool. Now, you got any more questions about her international experiences before we transition over to Hidden Mickey's? I mean, the the more that I hear of people's international experiences, I, I'll I'll be I'll be honest with with you all, listeners, is uh, I I I deal with uh, anxiety, and um, so travel is very very stressful for me. It's why a lot of times a repeat trip to Disney is so relaxing for me because the stress of travel is not there because I know I know what to expect. So um, I have not done a lot of international travel. And so um, um, so I, I have to like get over that anxiety. But um, uh, the more I hear about these parks, the more that I'm going to have to just kind of suck it up and get on a plane and go. Well, if you, you, and I Matt, need if you ever want to go, I'll hold both of your hands. <laughs> I, will, I, I, will, I, I will get you through it. And th- th- like I tell people when you travel, because... I do it back and forth all the time, pre-COVID and hopefully post-COVID. Um, don't look at it as hours of travel. Look at it as movie time travel. So if it's mm. a 12-hour flight, you have time for six movies. You put them into you, you put them into your movie queue, and then okay, you watched one. Oh, I've only got five more movies to watch. I've only got four more movies to watch, and it's much easier to let that time go by. By doing and it frankly, that way. And frankly, I'm a, on a lazy Sunday. You might be watching six movies anyway. Matt, I mean, you and I have done that to prepare for this podcast. So oh, Yes. I mean, and can, I, can I take it one step further? You could also calculate your travel time in Beers and Ears podcasts. You could <laughs> go to exactly. the entire library and go, oh, I only have this many more t- times of listening to Casey and Matt before <laughs> I am in Hong Kong. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And if, you know, if you ever want to do that, just let me know because um, I actually have a plane ticket to Tokyo in March, hopefully, cross my fingers, and I have a plane ticket to Shanghai in next December. So we'll cross our fingers. I, I, I'm crossing my fingers for you. <laughs> I, I really I really feel that we're hopefully rounding this curve and, and this vaccine is is very promising. So well, I think this sounds like a perfect place for a break real quick. So we'll be right back after we have a word from our sponsors, Riss and Cal, who helped sponsor our show. Okay, let's have a little fun. Here are six things that you need to know about our partner, Riss and Cal, and the amazing products that they offer on fourfrills.com slash shop. Number one, many of their products are the same quality and type of product that you'll find from the fruit like wireless earbuds, but at a much cheaper price point. Number two, individual items and bundles are available. In fact, between now and December 31st, they have a wireless charging bundle, which includes a wall charger and a car charger and four cables for just $35. Number three, crazy fast and free shipping. That's right, place your order and it'll be mailed to you in about two to three days just in time for the holidays as that stocking stuffer or for that secret Santa that you don't know what to get them. Number four, kindness to others. That's right. A portion of your purchase goes to help local charities like the Nature Conservancy and the Red Cross. Number five, exciting discount when you use our promo code BEERS, that's B-E-E-R-S, at checkout. It's going to give you 15% off your purchase, and if you spend $50 or more between now and December 31st, 2020, you'll get a free Bluetooth keychain speaker with the Beers and Ears logo. Finally, number six, 
you'll fall in love with everything they offer. Truly, they're the perfect gift for anybody in your life with a cell phone, which, if we're honest, is everybody. So, just in case you didn't realize, this entire promo is one giant hidden Mickey. Each of the six points was a letter in Mickey's name. So be sure to head over to www.4frills, that's the number 4, P-H-R-I-L-L-S dot com slash shop and use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S, at checkout and get your discount for your free speaker. All right, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, We're back from break. We're going to jump into the second part of our segment now, which is all about Hidden Mickeys, which was the whole point of the episode today. So, Matt, I know you sent me a text. You're like, oh, I'm so prepared. I've got all kinds of fun facts about Hidden Mickeys. We've already kind of covered what a Hidden Mickey is, but... As you were researching for today's episode, Matt, what did you uncover? What's some of the stuff you found? Oh, man, I had such a fun dive into the internet today. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, kind of I was like, okay, when did Hidden Mickeys like start? When did they happen? And so interestingly enough, um, they've been happening for years before they were like publicly discovered. So there was a, a cast member named Arlen Miller who wrote an article in um, Eyes and Ears and pretty much said like, hidden mickeys like they're real and this kind of got everyone all of a sudden was like wait what and the story and so all these other news outlets are now calling disney imagineering to try to confirm this and all this other stuff and what it came out to is essentially um you know when epcot was being dreamed up uh walt wanted that to be really different from the magic kingdom he wanted that he did not want this to be a place where like mickey and donald and all these people were um, he wanted that to be more of like the Magic Kingdom vibe. Epcot, of course, he wanted to be his more like prototype community of the future. So what this became was almost like an, a challenge to the Imagineers of, okay, well, how do we subtly put in Mickey into this park without anybody knowing? And so from what uh, the articles that I have read, it, late 1970s, early 1980s. So this had been going on for eight to 10 years before anyone discovered this. And then 1991, there was an article in Disney news that, uh, that kind of sparked this fire again. And so what I, what I love about this fact is that the people who were, who, who first were doing these hidden Mickeys didn't like document it. They just did it. They, they just, they just put them in there and it was, that was that. And so, um, there's no, record there yes there are books out there that have ones that people have found but honestly we don't know how many there are we really don't and i think that's totally fascinating yeah i think you know and we're gonna tanja we'll get to you here in a second but this is one of those things when we talk about the magic disney of disney the intricacies of disney you know it's out there with things like pen trading right where you know where they made a decision early on you know you know back in the early 90s to allow or maybe late 90s to allow cast members to have pins on their lanyards to trade with guests it it absolutely cost disney nothing to do it but it creates an experience that is absolutely um magical because you 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 you, I i don't know about you and tanja i'm sure you've done this you you're in the park and you are purposely scouring looking for is that a hidden mickey am i seeing a hidden mickey there is that and then then sometimes you find one but it's not really but it looks like one so you call it a hidden mickey so to your point matt 
there's no official list anywhere. There is a there is a definitive book out there on where to find the best hidden Mickey's in Walt Disney World, but it changes because as rides get torn down or displays get changed or things get painted over, the hidden Mickey's all change. And there's also no right way to do a hidden Mickey. I mean, we think of hidden Mickey as the typical large circle, two circles on top for his ears, but hidden Mickey's can be the silhouette of Mickey. Hidden Mickey's can actually be Mickey Mouse's like plush Mickey's or toy Mickey's. Like for example, in the Carousel of Progress in the final scene, there's a hidden Mickey plush. There's actually also a hidden Mickey Nutcracker. Uh, I think there's a couple of, you know, you can see them scattered. We talked about the hidden Mickey on the Santa Claus episode uh, a few episodes back where you see the the um, the elves in the Santa Claus 2 holding on to uh, vintage Mickey and Minnie Mouse's. Those are hidden Mickey's. There is no rhyme or reason. It's truly up to the Imagineer, to the artist, to the animator to make it happen. Tanja, you were saying uh, before we started the segment that you just saw Hidden Mickey in a movie that you watched today, correct? Yes. I watched Noel again t today. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's a Hidden Mickey I haven't even seen. But we actually just recorded our episode on that, uh, which is by this point already debuted, although while well, what while we're recording this, Matt is putting the finishing touches on the edits. Matt, I don't know if I saw that hidden Mickey. Did you see that one? Matt? I am muted. No, this is news to me. <laughs> <laughs> you are definitely muted. I was like, what are we on a Zoom call? Matt? Where'd you go? cooking some stuff. And then I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, we can edit this out. Or not. We can keep, you know, keep this in. Apparently we're into okay, so here Matt Brown's blooper mistakes. We can just leave in the episodes now. So here is something I thought might be fun. Um, I, I came across the list on Screen Rant of 10 hidden Mickey, uh, 10 hidden Mickeys or best hidden Mickeys in Walt Disney World. And I want I'm just going to read through these real quick and see if any of you guys or any of us have seen these um, or are, were aware of these. All right. So I thought that'd be kind of fun to do this with. So number 10 is, and, and, and th this particular one I haven't seen, but it has to do with the various carpet patterns throughout the resort or in the parks. Have you guys ever spotted a hidden Mickey within the carpeting before? At the hotel that we stayed at on park. Yes. Yes. All right. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I've noticed some in, in, in a variety of carpets, to be honest with you. Um, I lost track of where. It's, that's a popular place to hide them. They absolutely is a popular place to hide them. All right, here's number nine. Um, in Animal Kingdom, there is in the uh, Maharaja Jungle Trek, there's a mural of, of, um, of somebody, and his earring is actually a hidden Mickey. Has anyone ever seen that before? No, that that's, that one's new to me. It's 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 an upside down hidden Mickey. I'm looking at the picture, going, "This is really cool." All right, uh, number eight. Now, Matt, I know you haven't seen this one because you haven't been here yet. But um, in Galaxy's Edge, on the side of a building, there are blaster holes that form a hidden Mickey. I've seen this one. Mm -hmm. I have too. Have you seen this one? Yeah. yeah? Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. It's kind of sideways, Matt, but blaster holes that form a hidden Mickey inside Galaxy's Edge, which I think is really cool. Yeah, you have to catch it just at the right angle. Yes. Okay. Yes, you do. All right. This one I had no clue existed, but in the Indiana Jones stunt, 
Stunt Spectacular. This is what it says. Not only is the Mickey hidden through the use of misdirection, its location is so perfectly camouflaged, we can't help but wonder if the Imagineers cheated a little bit. This is because Mickey isn't present in decoration, a decoration, pattern, or an image, but rather as part of the stone architecture that makes up the wall of the set. Has any of you guys ever mm-hmm. noticed the hidden Mickey on Indiana Jones? No, now I want to. Yeah, it looks like this is on screen rant. You're going to have to look at this. This is hilarious. Um, Okay, this is a fun one. In Toy Story Land, there is a big popcorn display, Mm -hmm. and one of the popcorns forms the silhouette of Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I saw that overseas. That one I have seen. That one I've seen as well. I saw that last time I went. That is awesome. All right, this one is in uh, Stitch's Great Escape. So unfortunately, you're not able to see it now oh. because. Oh really? Oh, oh actually, man. you know what? I take that back. Hold on, uh, because we're doing the meet and greet, you can still see it. Oh, so oh, Stitch's Great Escape is close. Oh man, gee dang it. <laughs> Okay, so here's what this says. Unless you're familiar with the language of Experiment 626, you will definitely miss this extremely hidden Mickey every time you visit Tomorrowland. Instead of hiding the familiar set of circles somewhere in Stitch's meet and greet, the Disney designers use the alien calligraphy to their advantage, and they spelt Mickey Mouse. Never seen it. That one's really cool. Never seen it, but that's really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, Matt, I know you're a fan of the show, the PhilharMagic, Magic, Mickey's Philhar Magic. I know oh, I bet. am. John, how about you? I, it's not on the top of my list. I've seen it, but I have not. It's not a big fan like you are. All right. I love that show. It's like one of my absolute favorites. So hidden within that, there are lots of different murals on the wall, but there's also what appears to be paint splatter. If you look at the splatter specifically, some of them form hidden Mickey's. Oh, huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next time I go, I'm going to have to look for that. Mm-hmm. Now, this one you only will see if you've ever been like me and have Google Earthed Walt Disney World. Have any of you found the <laughs> giant solar panel of Mickey's silhouette head? <laughs> yes, no. I know exactly what you're talking about. No, and, and, <laughs> so and when I'm done, I'm going to have to do this. <laughs> you need to Google Earth it, and you need to just Google Walt Disney World and kind of pan out and kind of – it's on property. There is a giant solar farm. And they've made the solar farm tanja in Mickey's head. Oh, my gosh. It is so cool. Yep. All right. Number two. This one, you actually, I think you can probably see it now that better than you used to. Um, so when they made Disney's Hollywood Studios, Disney's Hollywood Studios is actually one giant hidden Mickey. Yes. So when you zoom out, again, Google Earth it, Echo Lake is one of his ears. And then the other ear is that whole kind of that shopping complex as you're going down Sunset Boulevard. And then the whole area in front of the Chinese uh, theater, that is his head. In fact, they've even shaded the pavement to be his eyes. And then there's a big circular uh, kind of like grassy area that makes up his nose. Matt, have you ever seen that? Now, is that I, I, I knew this one, but with all the additions, is that still does that still hold true? Yeah, well, obviously it's not all of Hollywood Studios, but it's 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 that first portion. Obviously, Toy Story Land and Galaxy's Edge that that has that's not part of it. When you go onto the Screen Rant website, though, you'll see the picture, and I'm looking at it. It's literally Mickey Mouse. It's mm-hmm, hilarious. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll post this link in our socials so you yeah. all can check this out. Yeah, I, I knew right. about th- that it was shaped like Mickey, but I didn't know the shading. Wow. 
Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. It really, really is crazy. They've shaded the pavement. Yeah. Okay. The last one, and this one I always knew existed. I've never seen it because you can only see it one day a year. And that is on Mickey's birthday. It's in the Voyage of the Little Mermaid. There's a set of holes that when the sun hits uh, at just the right light on November 18th, it reveals a hidden Mickey made of light inside the queue of the ride. Oh, wow. Isn't that cool? Interesting. Yeah. So I've never, uh, I've never, I've never obviously seen it because I've never been there in November, nope. but I just, I've all, I've always heard about it. And I thought that was just the coolest thing. So let me ask you guys. So we went through the top 10. What are some of the coolest hidden Mickeys you have ever seen? Tanja, I'll start with you. Do you have any on your list? Uh, I found some hidden in the architecture, what I would call a balustrade in um, Hong Kong and in Shanghai. It, they were built into the architecture. Wow. That, and, and that takes some planning like that. Yeah. that you, like with a paint thing, you can kind of just, you know, throw one in there. If right. you're architecture, you got to plan that out. <laughs> right. And then in Shanghai, some of the stanchions, the way the stanchions are made, if you don't look to see that they're Mickey's there, you don't catch it, but there's, they have them just periodically throughout the park. Some of the stanchions look like Mickey. How about you, Matt? Have you come across any that have been some of your favorites? Um, so I am, uh, incredibly aloof when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, so, so a lot of times I, I, I have to, um, uh, um, like retroactively go back or someone pointed out to me, but, um, I tend to like the ones that are in resorts. I like the ones that are in carpeting or in, uh, in wallpaper or other things like that. Um, so when we talked, we touched on that. Like I, I always look, I probably look like an idiot when I'm walking around resorts and looking down. Um, but, um, those are the ones that I always enjoy seeing of how they weave it into the architecture. I, I, I don't necessarily have a specific one. I have also started to try to spot them in movies. You know, we talked about Noel, like I've, I've tried to, to spot them as I watch, you know, as I rewatched movies that mm-hmm. I, I try to try to do that as much as I possibly can. With Disney Plus, I, I had a chance to rewatch Tron and Tron Legacy, which I love Tron Legacy, but I had a chance to watch Tron really like knowing I was going to watch followed up with Tron Legacy. There's actually, and I had never noticed this before, there's a point inside of Tron where the solar cruiser, the solar sailor comes across the grid and, and as the camera pans out, it's not just a hidden Mickey where it's the circle with the two circles on top. It is a true Mickey silhouette that is plain as day, smack dab in the middle of Tron. And it's like, wow, how did they get away with that? Like, it looks so cool now to see it. But I'm with you, Matt. I love, like, I remember when we did our Pinocchio episode, there's a hidden Mickey in Pinocchio in the chair. Uh, in the very like opening scene, I want to say it's a hidden Mickey within one of the chairs. You can see it. And I don't know if I texted you and go, Oh my God, it's a hidden Mickey, but it was there. It was as, as far back as Pinocchio. <laughs> um, so Tanja, do you know, I've, I've, I've heard of people, you know, there's unofficial guides that like they go out to seek them. Like they spend time in the park seeking them out. Is that something you do? Or is it just more kind of like a natural flow of the day type thing? It's more of a natural flow of the day because I'm trying to take in everything. 
but knowing that they're there, I'm looking for them. I mean, I'm not walking around staring at the architecture on the buildings, just looking for them. <laughs> but, but, you know, I might have to start doing that. But um, I, I'm aware to look for them. Let's put it that way. I'm aware enough to look for them. So that's how I have come across them where I have. And um, it always amazes me, the creativity, especially... Um, Again, to, uh, not Tokyo, but um, Hong Kong. Hong Kong is creative in some of the ways that they've placed Mickey throughout the park. It's just, it's really cool. That's cool. And, and you do kind of, as you get into the mode of it, you do start to spot more of them. Like, I remember mm-hmm. the, the, the first couple times I went there, obviously I was like four and 10. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wasn't really aware and, and couldn't take in enough to then take in looking for hidden Mickeys. But the second you realize that they're there, you do kind of start seeing more of them around because your, your, your brain just becomes in tune with like, oh, like this feels like a place that they could put a hidden Mickey. And then you go, oh, and there it is. So you, you do kind of you, you get this, that mode. I'm going to ask you guys this question real quick. Have you guys ever been so in tune or missing Disney so much that you spot hidden Mickeys outside of Walt Disney World? Yes. Because <laughs> I, I, there's down over here in Orland Park, uh, Matt, there, there, well, there's cheesecake factories all around, but there's one in Orland Park. And the decor they use at the Orland Park Cheesecake Factory, every time I go in there, I'm like, it's hidden Mickey, it's hidden Mickey, it's a hidden Mickey. It's, and I'm like, wait, no, it's not. I'm not in Walt Disney World, but it looks like a hidden Mickey. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever spotted hidden Mickey's anywhere outside of Disney World and you had to kind of check yourself? Universal. Universal. Ah, okay. <laughs> really? That's funny. I've had to go, oh, wrong park. <laughs> it's a theme park. I'm having fun. People are laughing. There's rides. It's a hidden Mickey. It just makes sense. Yeah. It's our secret, secret mouse overlords trying to take us over. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's okay. I don't mind that. So I guess as we kind of round the bend here real quick, I mean, we're at 36 minutes, so we got to kind of start wrapping up. You know, I think the thing about Hidden Mickeys, for those of you who will listen, so my guess is if you're listening to this episode and you're a diehard Disney fan, you know what Hidden Mickey is. And I think that's what Matt and Tanja, the appeal for me is that if you're a diehard fan and you go to Disney World, you go to the Disney parks a lot and you're looking for just one more unique thing to do because even though you're waiting in line for a ride or you're doing this or you're playing, you know, Source of the Magic Kingdom mat or whatever, this is something that if you're used to the parks and you're looking to people watch, you're looking to kind of an easy day at the park, you can have a, a day of searching for hidden Mickeys as you maybe stroll around the park and grab a Dole Whip or a Citrus Swirl or a Churro or whatever, and it can become very fun. It, it it almost feels very Walt Disney to me, something that Walt himself would do, a stroll around the park to, to kind of slow down the pace of your life. Simultaneous to that, if you're new and you've not been to the parks, you don't go to the parks very often, it's a once every couple year trip, if you're looking for something to keep the kids occupied while you're waiting for something, while you're waiting to get into a ride, while you, you need to slow them down because maybe the heat's getting to them, you can start to point some stuff out and say, hey, let's look for hidden Mickeys together. I did that with my niece and nephew. When we went to the parks a couple years ago, um, when they got a little crazy, I told them about what hidden Mickeys were. And soon enough, they're like, Uncle Casey, there's a hidden Mickey. And sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't. But it was another fun thing to make it magical. 
It kept them occupied. Like that, the, what, what you're talking about, whether it was or it wasn't one, who cares? But it made exactly. it made what it made it was something that was mundane as waiting in line, which is often why families are like, oh, I don't want to go to amusement parks or theme parks because it's waiting in line. I don't want to do that. My kids won't do that. Well, this is a way that you can say, all right, well, as we're in line, keep your eye out for hidden Mickey's. And it's, it's, and I think you said a really important point there, Matt, which is whether it is or isn't, doesn't make a difference. If it is to you, it's a hidden Mickey. And I think that's really important is that there, there's no one, there's no official guide. There's no official thing that says this is or isn't. If it shows up as a hidden Mickey to you, it's a hidden Mickey. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It's part of the magic. Absolutely. So Tanja, do you have anything else you want to add to that? Nope. It, just one thing that you know people need to realize is that Mickey speaks all languages and he can come across all cultures and go out there and enjoy him everywhere. Brilliantly said. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think that's brilliant. Well, Matt, I'm looking at the clock. It's closing time, my friend. Absolutely. Tanja, thanks so much for coming on and, and talking International Parks and Hidden Mickeys with us. Oh, I loved every second of it. I'd be happy to come again. Well, we'll have to do that for sure. So uh, if you want to get a hold of us, folks, we are on plenty of social media platforms. Uh, you can get us on Facebook at the Beers and Ears podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram, Beers Ears 1928. Feel free to email us at beersandears1928 at gmail.com. We do, you know, when you share and let people know about us, uh, it helps the show. It helps people uh, find us and subscribe. It helps the show go up in terms of searchability. Um, And right now we're running that contest through the end of the year, through December 31st, that if you share or you rate and review us five stars on any of the podcast platforms and you share a screenshot that you did that, you'll be entered to win one of our Bluetooth raffle or Bluetooth um, uh, speakers with the logo and everything on it. Um, it would be raffled off. We have, we're giving away 10 of those at the end of the year. So please feel free to do that. And uh, yeah, Matt, I think it's time to close it out. All right, let's raise that glass. This episode has been on us and we'll see you next time. Have a wonderful day, everybody. We'll see you real soon.